Welcome to the City Hills Church Sermon Podcast. We hope that the message today helped you encounter God, love people, and discover purpose. For more information about who we are as a church, head over to cityhillschurchsd.com. If you would like to partner with us financially, click the Give button at the top of the homepage on our website. And now, let's jump right into the message. Growing up, my parents were actually like really strict about movies, so... I didn't grow up watching this movie, and I, and I get it. Like, in the 80s and the 90s, Hollywood got a little crazy there, right? Like, they were, they were taking some more risks, and so I get it. As parents, they had to be a little more cautious. So I didn't grow up seeing it, but I, I grew up hearing all of the jokes and seeing all the references, the station wagon with the Christmas tree on top, and, like, it was so funny to see people laughing, but I didn't get all the references, right, because I didn't see the movie. Isn't that the worst don't you hate when that happens? Like everybody else in the room gets the joke and you're like fake laughing. <laughs> um, Google Siri, what are they talking about? Right? Like you have to just, I hate that feeling. So I think the first time that I saw Christmas Vacation, I was actually at a friend's house as a teenager and I thought I was never going to stop laughing. Like it is still to this day, one of the most funniest most irreverent Christmas movies of all time, right? Like, it just is there. But it is, it's definitely a classic for some families. How many of you guys, you, woke, you, you grew up, like, watching Christmas Vacation, for sure? Well, if you missed last week, we kicked off our Best Christmas Ever series by talking about what we hunger for, those things that we're hungry for. And, and I know for a lot of us, we got that holiday meal out of the way this week and like Lauren said you've you've eaten it three and four times it's like all right I like smoked turkey but I'm done there is enough smoked turkey but what we talked about those things that we we hunger for those experiences those goals that drive us in our life and we talked about how we have to make a shift from being a Christian family or just a Christian individual to being actually Christ-centered and making that shift, is, it's actually a huge deal because it's not just saying, oh, yeah, yeah, I believe in Jesus. And, yeah, he's a part of my life, but it's actually seeing him at the center of our lives. And for a lot of us, that's a big jump. And for some of you, maybe you're still wrestling with that, that idea in general. You're, you're still wrestling with who Jesus is and, and what a relationship with him looks like. And that may be something that's, that's completely foreign for you. And I just want you to know that we're, we're stoked that you're here today. Like, it means a lot that you get to come and hang out with us and, and hear a little bit more about Jesus and who he is to us and why we feel like it's really important for us to have Jesus at the center of our lives. And what's cool is that Christmas is that time of year where people are more open to come and, and come to church. And it's kind of one of those, like, traditions, even if you didn't grow up in church, that's like, oh, I mean, I, I guess we should go to church. Like, Easter and Christmas is kind of those seasons where— if you were ever going to go to church, you probably would show up now. And so that's why for us, for those of you who call City Hills home, we'd love for you. This is the perfect season for you to invite people to come and be a part of, of what we're doing here, to, to have a place to go. Because almost, I, I think the statistic is that over 70% of people don't come to church because they've never been invited. Like, that is the simple thing there. And so we'd love for you to invite people. And it may help if you say we showed a clip of Christmas vacation. They were like, what? Your church did what? Trust me, I had to do a lot of editing on that video to be able to play it here. I'm just saying. That, and it was the preview. 
So anyways, today we are, we're launching into the rest of this series, and I want to start with a verse that, that's going to start us each week, and it's going to be that, that verse for us throughout the whole rest of this season, and it's Matthew 1, 23. And it says this, Look, the virgin will conceive a child, Mary. She will give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. They will call him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. And for those of us who are we're followers of Jesus, we, we believe he is who he says he is, it's easy for us to believe that God is with us when things are going well, right? It's easy for us to, to rely on him when you're on that, like, mountaintop experience and life is going well and, and things are working out. It's easy for us to believe in him whenever we get some really good news or you get that raise or you get that promotion that you've been looking for. When, when your baby sleeps through the night for the first time, it's like, God is with me. Yes, he is. The first time that our five-year-old said, I'm sleepy. I think I want to go to bed. We we're like, Jesus is real. Yes. <laughs> Yes, Lord, it's finally that time. Or when you get that parking spot at the mall right in the front and everybody else is like shooting each other and it's that crazy experience and you're like, we had it last night. We, we went to the mall to go see a movie and we were pulling in. I was like, babe, this is going to be bananas. And we had a, a spot right there. I was like, Jesus is real. Look at that. Favor ain't fair, baby. Let's go. We're going to park right here. But it's easy to sense the presence of God when things are going good, when we're on that mountaintop but it's significantly more difficult to sense his presence when things are not going well, when we feel like we're in the valley, when things aren't going the way that you want them to, or you get that bad news, or maybe when you're hurting or you feel alone, you're going through a season of depression, when you're financially at a place where you just don't know what you're going to do, when you're afraid, you're just in that valley of a season. It's much harder to sense God's presence there for a lot of us. So today, you see it on the screen. I want to talk today about God in the valley. God in the valley. Those mountaintop experiences are beautiful. When we're we're here singing about how beautiful Jesus is in the name of Jesus, and you have people around us, and it's this mountaintop feeling of like, "Ah, I feel God's presence. But what about on Tuesday afternoon when you get the bad news? God in the valley. Where is God in that? What's interesting to me is is so often in our lives, there can be a lot of places that things are going well, right? Like in this area, in that area, our marriage is, is going good or, or our relationships are going good. But then there's these pockets of areas in our lives that they're not. And they almost feel like they drag us down, right? You're trying to go through life and you're excited, but there's that one pocket, that one little anchor that's just like holding you back and slowing you down from feeling like you're experiencing life to the fullest. There's so much good, but that bad is the top of mind. And it outweighs all the other good that's happening in our lives. I kind of think about it like when Cousin Eddie shows up, right? Like so far in the movie, it's going, it's, it's a little bit of good, it's a little bit of bad, it's like Christmas is okay, but then that Joker shows up and it's like everything just goes crazy, right? The world blows up, Christmas is over, and it's just pure chaos. It's absolutely pure 
chaos and there there's pockets in our life that we feel that like maybe your your marriage is feeling really blessed and you guys are closer than you've ever been before but you have a kid that's making some crazy decisions and it just weighs you down or or maybe for you you feel really close to God and you sense his presence but at the same time you're afraid you might lose your job or you're unsure of how you're going to pay for this Christmas season or you don't know what's going to happen in your life or you're excited about the holidays and getting with family but you got some really bad news this week. I, I found out uh, my one of my best friends growing up that like we grew up forever, a long time together. Um, his mom a few months ago found out that she had cancer, and so there we're like trying to work with them on that. And just found out today that the husband he's got cancer too. It's just like, what in the world? This beautiful family of like these people that are so close to us and like how is this possible? And the news always happens to come right now, right? Like it's always the end of the year that people find this. It's, it's challenging. And so there's so many good things in our life, but there may be those one or two things that just kind of take us down. So where is God in those valleys? And when you look at scripture, it's, it's interesting because valleys represent a lot of different things. You see in the valley, there, there are often battles that take place in that valley. And for some of us, life right now feels like a battle. For some of us, things are going pretty well. But others of us, we feel like every morning we wake up, we gotta, we, we've got to strap in, get ready, because today is going to be a day, right? We feel like we, we're going to war in our life. Valleys sometimes represented seasons of, of desperation or, or seasons of loneliness. And it's interesting, though, that in our lives, and, and particularly in the Bible, you'll see that the valley is also a place and a time of growth, that it's in the valley that people found God more. They discovered more about themselves, and they were actually able to grow through those seasons. You may enjoy God in some ways on the mountaintops, but you experience him in a really unique and powerful way when you're going through seasons in the valley. I like to say it this way. It's in your notes. We may enjoy God on the mountaintops, but we get to know him intimately in the valleys. We enjoy God on the mountaintop. When things are good, it's, it's so awesome. But we get to know him intimately in the valleys. As we dig into this, I, I want to look at a, a, a passage of scripture from the Old Testament in the, the beginning of the Bible. And it's the book of Psalms. And it's going to be Psalm 84 that we're going to look at together. And we start in verse 5, and we're going to see where God is in the valleys. See where God is. And it's just beautiful passage of scripture that we're going to unpack Starting in verse 5, it says this, Blessed are those whose strength is in you, whose hearts are set on pilgrimage. As they pass through the valley of Baca, they make it a place of springs. The autumn rains also cover it with pools. They go from strength to strength till each appears before God in Zion. And you may hear that and you're like, bro, what? What are you talking about? Like, I, Valley of Baca and Springs and Autumn, and that's poetic, but what does that have to do with me and my life and what I'm walking through? Let's look at this together. The Valley of Baca is mostly related to a tree, and this tree would, like, ooze out sap. And if you walk by the tree, it was known as, like, a weeping tree. It's like a, a, a tree that it looked like it was crying. And so it, 
represented in, in Bible times, they would see a certain distinct characteristic of an area and they would name it for that. So it's the Valley of Baca. And that's why in different translations, you'll see it translated as the Valley of Tears or the Valley of Weeping, the Valley of Loss. And anytime you see a valley in the Bible, you would see a place that was very dangerous. It was a place where a lot of bad things would happen. There would be thorns, there would be muggings, there would be wild animals. It was these desolate places. There were like vicious animals, vicious cats. Have you, have you ever seen that, that Allstate commercial? It's one of my favorite. When Mayhem is pretending to be a cat, he's like a billion years of tiger DNA just waiting to take you out. I love that commercial. It just makes me laugh every single time. Every time I, I think about a cat, I think about him and his weird little tail riding on that Roomba, the little vacuum cleaner. If you haven't seen the commercial, you need to watch it. It is hilarious. But there are vicious cats. There's vicious things just waiting to jump out and take you out. And this is why the, the psalmist says in verse 5, Blessed are those whose strength is found in you, God. Blessed are those whose strength is found in you. If you don't know God intimately, then there's, there's chances are that you're going to face seasons in your life where you feel overwhelmed and you feel like, I just can't make it. I'm exhausted. I don't have enough. Like, I, I am just absolutely done. And look at this. The truth is, if you don't know God intimately, then all you have is your own strength. If you aren't intimately in a relationship with Jesus, if you don't have him at the center of your life, then the only strength you can rely on is your own. For those of us, though, that call Jesus our Lord, he, he's the leader of our lives, we believe that we're able to tap into a strength that is so much greater than our own, that we're able to tap into a strength that comes from God alone, a, a relationship with him that just draws, when we get to the end of our rope, the end of our strength, the end of our power, we're able to go, God, I have nothing left. And he gives us strength to move forward. Blessed are those whose strength is found in you. His strength is made perfect in our weakness. And if you're in the middle of a valley right now, you have access to the God who is all-powerful. If you're going through something and you have no idea how you're going to make it through and you know that you just don't have enough, we have the ability to lean on a God who is faithful and he shows up. The text doesn't say blessed are those who make it on their own. Blessed are those who pull themselves up by their bootstraps. It doesn't say blessed are those who are determined. Blessed are those whose strength is found in you, God. One of, one of the big problems in our, in our culture, in our world today, is that we, we almost idolize the spirit of independence, right? It's like this thing that we just strive for. I don't want anybody. I don't need anybody. I need to be financially independent. I'm going to do my own thing. I want to be completely good on my own. I don't want to have to trust people. I just want to do me my life. I want to be self-sufficient. And that's good. Listen, I've got two daughters, so I totally get it. I do not want my daughters growing up going, I don't know how I'm going to make it without a man. Like, I don't want that for my daughters, but we were not created to be independent. We were created to depend on God. We were created 
with this hole inside of us that can only be filled by our dependence on a God whose strength is greater than our own. We cannot try to do life, live life, be our own me. I'm going to do me, boo, you do you. Like we can't do that without God. We have to recognize in our life that God created us with a dependence on him and a need to be in relationship with other people. It's why the greatest command of all is to love God with all that you have and to love people. Jesus understood that we cannot do this life alone. We cannot do it without him, and we cannot do it without other people. It doesn't mean that we have to just rely on it. We're like, uh, what am I going to do without this person in my life? No, that's a dangerous place to live. There's, there is a beauty in us being independent. There's a beauty for me as a man when my wife goes out of town that I can still cook and feed my children. Like, that's a beautiful thing. It's awesome. But you know what? If that is all that we're striving for is to just be independent and just be ourselves, what we do is we run the risk of cutting God out of our lives too because we think we can do it in our own strength and our own power. Even in our, even in our relationships, in our marriage, we just need us. It's just us two. It's us four. It's us five. It's just us. We just need ourselves. No, you need God right in the center of it. And you cannot do life alone. We weren't created to do life alone. Blessed are those whose strength is found in God. I love the way that the New Living Translation, it says this verse, it says, what joy for those whose strength comes from the Lord, who've set their mind on a pilgrimage to Jerusalem. We're on a pilgrimage to Jerusalem. What does that mean? I'm not going to the Middle East right now. What are we talking about? We may be in the middle of the valley, but we're going to a place that was known as a city of refuge. We may be in a valley right now, but we're heading to a place of peace. One commentary said it this way, to get to the city of refuge, you had to travel through the valley of tears. To get to that city of peace, the city of strength, of fortitude, of getting that that strength we need again, we had to go through the valley of tears. Sometimes we get to really appreciate the presence and the power of God when we feel him near to us, when we're going through a little bit of pain, when we're going through a situation. Look at this on the screen. For so many, the valley is the pathway to the place of peace. The valley is the pathway to the place of peace. We may be in the valley right now, but the valley is not our destination. And some of us need to just wrap our heads around that. What we're going through right now is not the destination. It's not the end result. It's not the place that we're going to be forever. As parents, we, we had to like learn this and understand that there are different seasons in our lives. There's different seasons as parents. And when you kind of got to the breaking point of one season where it's like, I am literally going to just like set the house on fire because my child won't sleep, then all of a sudden that season just miraculously changes. And then there's something crazy in that season. And then you move on through the next one. And then there's something crazy in that season. It's just We're moving through place to place to place. We're not stuck in this one destination. I love how the psalmist says, those who have set their minds. Blessed are those who have set their mind toward God. What you and I think about matters so much. 
What we set our minds on matters so much. Paul, in, in the New Testament to the, the Colossian believers, he said, set your mind on things above, not on things below. He told the Philippian believers, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy or admirable or lovely, think about such things. Where is your mind? What is it set on? Is it set on the season, the valley that you're going through, or is your mind set on your God who is ready to bring you through it? Your current situation may be in the valley, but your mind can be set on God. Your heart might be racing, but your mind is set. Your soul is struggling. Your finances don't add up, but your mind can be set on him. There may be so much to do and pressure from your in-laws and the pressure of that happening. And I got to spend time with my in-laws, right? Like all of that, but our mind can be set on God. There may be, may be real tragedies in the valley, but our mind is set on the goodness of God. Verse 6 says, as they pass through the valley of Baca, they make it a place of springs. My God is going to pull me through this. And sometimes when we're in the middle of our valley and our situations, we just want to get out, right? We're just ready to get out. I'm I'm done. I've experienced all, God, I, I thank you for the lessons in life. I've experienced all that I need to experience in this season. Let's just give me out. I'm ready to go. I'm ready to move. I'm done with this season. I'm done with this valley. God, pull me out. But what we have to realize so often that God may show you that the way is through the valley, not out of it. We have to go through the valley not just get out of it because there's still so much shaping and so much learning that we have to do in it. And in order for us to survive, we have to prepare to stay, right? Like I was never a big Survivor fan. Like my dad loves Survivor, but I get the premise of it, right? If you just ended up on the island and you're just like, I want to go home, let's go. Like this is cool, I'm ready to go. Would they survive? No, they would die, and the people would probably eat them or something like that. That show is crazy. But, like, if you only, your goal is to just get out and not get through it, you would have some significant issues in our lives. And what we have to do is what, what they do in their mind is they prepare to stay. They have no intentions of, like, living there for the rest of their lives, but they have to prepare for the provisions that are going to come, rather from the rain or provisions from whatever else happens on the show. And for you and I, we have to do the same thing. It says that as they pass through the Valley of Baca, they make it a place of springs. What does that mean? In other words, when you're in that dry space, what do you do? You dig a well. You dig a place where provisions can be provided, where the rain can come and fill that pool so you have water that you need, a place of provision and for you and I, it means that we make room in our hearts and our minds and in our lives for God to provide the provision that he will send. He hasn't sent it yet. We don't see it right now. It doesn't make sense right now, but we have to prepare our hearts and minds with the intention of God. I know in this valley you will provide, so I am going to prepare myself for you to show up. I'm going to prepare for you to do what only you can do. It's almost as if God would say something like this. You show me your faith and I'll show you my faithfulness. 
You show me your faith, and I'll show you how faithful I will be. Are we going to be willing to have faith that God will get us through, or are we just going to stop moving and go, God, get me out. I'm not doing anything until you get me out. I'm done. Is our faith going to drive us to make it through the valley? God says, you show me your faith, I'll show you my faithfulness. For somebody, you need to hear that if, if you plant it, he will grow it. If you pray it, God will hear your prayers. If you create space for him in your life to show up and provide provision, if your mind is set on him, God will show his faithfulness to you. For some of us, we haven't sensed the presence of God in a really long time. You come here and you, there's something, you feel something, but you're like, I just, personally, I don't feel God in my life. And if that's you, God is saying to you today, you have to dig, dig a ditch, calm down for a minute, slow down. And I love this. Think about this. God rarely reveals himself to people who are rushed. There's so much noise happening in our lives and there's so many things that are happening. God rarely reveals himself to people who are just rushing through. Just think about think about Moses. When God is calling Moses and he sees the burning bush, imagine if Moses is just riding on his little camel. They're going like 75 miles an hour because that's a really, really fast camel. And he's like, oh, it's a story. Hashtag fire emoji. That bush is on fire. Right? No, 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 no. God says, hey, 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 come, come close. Why don't you kick off your shoes? Why don't you stay here for a minute? Why don't you slow down for a minute? Because the place where you're standing is holy ground. God says, slow down and let's have a conversation. For some of us, we're so rushed in our minds. We're so rushed with the season. We're so rushed with everything that's happening. And we don't feel the presence of God because God's going, you're moving too fast. You're too busy. I'm trying to talk to you, but you won't carve out a little space for me to have a conversation with you. Why don't you for a moment be still and know that I am God? God never promised that we would never go through a valley. Nowhere in the Bible does it say you when you when you begin a relationship with Jesus, it's just roses and butterflies and sunshine and it's all good. That's not in there. If you find that scripture, please let me know because that would significantly change the way that I understand God. But what God promised us is that we never have to go through the valley alone. We never have to go through what we're facing alone. There's things in our lives that we we have to just go through. And God in his beautiful mind and his beautiful provision, he knows exactly what we need. The promise to us was the virgin will be with child and his name will be Emmanuel, which means God is with us. The last thing that I want us to see in this scripture is that the the psalmist says that they go from strength to strength. They move from strength to strength. And in our lives, we have to understand that we're going to go from a little bit of strength to a little bit more to a little bit more. And as our minds are set on God, then we get a little bit stronger. As we carve out space for him, we get a little bit stronger. As we say, God, I need you more than I've ever needed you before. He says, 
here's some more strength. There's no superpower button that's, all right, it's all done. I can handle everything. We go from strength to strength to strength to strength. And God slowly helps us make through the valley that we're going through. In the middle of your weakness, God is your strength. In the middle of your darkness, he is the light that you need. When you're going through a season of trouble, he's your joy in that season. Have you ever met someone that they're going through something that you would that would just absolutely break your life? But they have this joy going through it. They have this hope. It's because they're going from strength to strength, relying on the God who provides exactly what we need right in the middle of our valley. The same God that's good on the mountaintops is, is the God who's good to us in the valley. In Christmas vacation, Clark, his stress is all stemming from getting this check in the mail. And if that check doesn't come, life is just a wreck and it's just so much pressure. And, and he opens the envelope and he's just, oh, I've just been waiting for this. I've just been waiting for this to show up. And it's, it's like a coupon to go to like a buffet or something like that, right? His reliance was on this check coming in the mail. His reliance was on this cheapskate dude providing what he needed in his life. And I see you and I in that moment because you and I, we're, we're relying on something. I don't know what you're relying on. I don't know if it's a check in the mail. I don't know if it's a relationship to come and, and make you feel more whole. I don't know if it's a job that, that makes you feel like you have more purpose. I don't know if it's, if it's a, a healing conversation with someone in your family or in a relationship or if it's your husband doing things different or if it's your wife. I don't know what it is that you're relying on, but you and I are just like Clark and we're waiting on this magical check to come from somewhere to provide what it is that we need. And God is going, hey, you don't have to go kidnap your boss to get the, ke the, the check. Thanks, Cousin Eddie, but that, that was crazy. God's saying, you know what you need? You need me. You need me in this valley that you're walking through. You need to rely on me. And what's beautiful is the God that we rely on. He is so faithful. The thing about God, though, that we have to understand is he rarely shows up early. I don't know about you, those of you who have had a relationship with Jesus for a long time. God normally for us shows up at the very last moment. And I'm like, God, you could have done that two days ago and I could have slept. And he's like, nope, 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 nope. God is never early, but he's never late. He shows up exactly how we needed to him. He might not answer how we expect. He might not say yes to the prayer that we're praying, but he knows exactly what we need, when we need it. And he gives us a chance to lean on him. Why? Because he knows us, because he created us. He knows that we'll try to do it in our own strength. And he created us with this gap in our life that only he can fill. And he wants us to lean on him. He doesn't say yes to all of the things that we want. 
I, I always think about it like the prayers that I prayed when I was in, in like when I was dating and I was like, Lord, please let me marry her. And now I'm like, whoo, Jesus, thank you for saying no. Thank you for saying no. Like that was, whoo, you gave me the right one for sure. But we all know the kids whose parents never said no, right? You know that kid, they got everything they wanted. Yes, yes, you can do that. You can do whatever you want, however you want it. How many of those kids turned out well-rounded, beautiful, contributing people to the community? Maybe there's a few, but for the most part, what happens with those kids is that they become entitled and they have no grip on real life. And what God is saying is, I can't just say yes to everything. I can't just pull you out of that valley. They're, they're shaping and molding and forming that happens through this season that is going to prepare you for the future that I have for you. You have no idea what you're walking through right now, how much is going to help you a year from now. You have no idea with what you're going through right now in this moment where you just wish everything would change. You have no idea how that's going to strengthen you for the next season that you go through and how the lessons you've learned in the relationship that you build with me and the connections that you have with people around you, you have no idea how I'm going to use all of that in this next season. You and I may be walking through a valley, but we have to understand that God is so present right where we are. The challenge today as we close is will you trust God enough in the valley to dig a ditch for his provisions? Will you trust God enough in this valley to stop going, God, just get me out. Just get me out. Will you trust him enough to go, God, in this dangerous prayer, God, I'll stay here as long as you want me to. God, I'll go through this season as long as you want me to. But you got to give me strength. You got to help me go from strength to strength. God, I will walk through this season. I will walk through this valley. And I will find hope and I will find peace and I will find purpose in the midst of this valley. Because God, I know you're going to use it to bring me to a place of peace. Will you trust God enough to slow down and dig a ditch for the provisions that he will provide for you? Let's pray together. Jesus, if there's anybody in this room that has anything in common with me, when we're going through things in our life, the first thing that I want to do is learn how quickly I can get out of it. God, we don't like to be uncomfortable. We don't like to be in need. We don't like to rely on anybody. God, you know me and how much I want to just be able to just use the gifts and the strengths and the talents that you've given me to, to make it through. But God, it's so easy for us to not truly rely on you, to try to make it on our own. And every single time we run out of strength, every single time we run out of power and every single time we run out of hope. God, I pray right now for every person in this room who's facing something that they don't know how they're going to make it through. God, I pray that you would make your presence known to them. 
that you give them strength that only comes from you. I pray for that person who is at the end of their ropes. They have absolutely nothing left to give. They feel hopeless. They feel broken. They feel alone. They feel like there's no, there, there's no future. God, I pray right now for that person that they would sense your presence right now in this room. They would know that right in their valley of tears, you are providing a way to a place of peace. God, give us strength to go through the valleys so we can get to the place of refuge and peace that you have in store for us. God, I pray in this season as we enter the one of the craziest, busiest, wildest months of our life. God, I pray that you would just meet us right where we are. That as we go through our day-to-day, as we prepare for this beautiful holiday, God, that in all the noise, we carve out a little bit of time for you to speak. That we slow down enough for you to speak clearly to us. That we'd find our hope and our strength in you. Thank you for your faithfulness. Thank you that you are near to us in our weakness. And God, we thank you that you help us move from strength to strength to strength as we rely on you. We love you. We pray all of this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. We hope that you enjoyed the message today. We would love to be able to partner with you on your faith journey. Regardless of where you're at or what you're walking through, know that your friends at City Hills Church are here for you. If you would like for us to pray for you, click the contact button on the top of the homepage and share your request with us. Our prayer team will keep you and your family in prayer every week. We hope you have an incredible day and that you discover a little more purpose throughout your week. We look forward to seeing you soon.